You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Powered by the ADHD coin, here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, one of the beauties of doing a daily podcast and then leaning into season two was that not only do we get to meet new people, explore new topics, but we also really get to double down on some of the unique use cases and variables that are um, in play when it comes to NFTs, Metaverse, Web3 um, as a whole. And one of them that I think excites me maybe more so than uh, a lot of them is just the idea of how can we empower creators to do what they do best? And that's create, right? And that when I say creator, it can be an artist, it can be a musician, it can be a spoken word uh, poet. Uh, and I think the beauty of what, you know, with the fundamental concepts that that I kind of preach here on the podcast is that it does empower us and it does allow us to reach a new audience, build an audience. And I'm excited for today's guest. Uh, Violetta is with us, who is a musician. She is a, uh, I'll say pioneer in the, uh, in the NFT uh, music space. Um, she has been putting in the hard work from Twitter spaces to learning the ins and outs of of this entire world, to putting our music out there to the world, to being on stages. Uh, pretty much, I'm not sure if you can even call it an NFT event uh, in 2022 if it didn't have Violetta on stage. And that's uh, a compliment to all of her hustle. So Violetta, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. Uh, and uh, talk to us a little bit about like, your origin story. I know the story. I think I've actually shared it third person here on the podcast probably like a year ago but how did you first kind of discover uh nfts and then we'll get into a little bit more of your musical background and, and what's upcoming yeah thank you fans first of all for having me you know you've been a model for us in the nft space for such a long time so i'm really happy to be here um after a year pretty much so um yeah my entry in the nft space happened exactly a year ago, because it was the first week of January that I really started looking at, you know, the space in more depth. But my discovery, the day I discovered NFTs in general was only like a week before that. So I had never heard of NFTs before until my mom told me about NFTs. <laughs> which says a lot about like the state I was in before as an independent singer songwriter who was just focused on performing live and writing songs like super organic and old school. That's what I've been doing for the past seven years. And before that I was signed to a major label for a couple of years when I was 18. Um, but you know, a couple of years after that, I just pursued my independent, um, music path. And it was tough. You know, it was really hard, especially since the pandemic kicked in. It just became like almost impossible to penetrate the music industry as an independent, someone who doesn't necessarily want to do a lot of TikToks or cater to like Spotify algorithms. And so, yeah, I was almost about to quit music as a career because I just couldn't pay my bills. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't think I can do this. You know, I don't, I don't want to 
be fooling myself anymore. I'm 26. Okay, I'm young, but I started at 18, you know, so it, it felt like a really long time. Um, and sort of mid 2021, I gave myself one more year to try and find a way to make it work and just kind of think outside of the box. And halfway through that year during Christmas holidays, my mom was like, have you heard of NFTs? You know, they're putting music to NFTs. And I'm like, what? That sounds weird. But I had no other chance. I had nothing left to try. And but at the same time, I had everything to lose. You know, if I hadn't found anything, I would have lost everything that I'd worked for for a decade. Um, and so, yeah, I just entered the space and I had absolutely no money. I had nothing. I was broke out of the pandemic completely, uh, but I just had time and I wanted to commit to it. And so I basically built a community in Web3 through performing on Twitter spaces. And I actually made a, some you know rough maths yesterday of how many hours I actually spent on Twitter spaces in 2022. And it went down to 3000 hours that I've been wow. singing on Twitter spaces in 2022. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've been putting in the work. Uh, I'm curious, you know, from that, you know, you talked about like the pandemic really, you know, kind of putting a stranglehold on a lot of things. But you also mentioned like kind of catering to the TikTok, Spotify download um, realm. You know, if you look at like your musical success, especially kind of, you know, over the years, over the eight years, let's say pre-Web 3, was it was it a lot of word of mouth? Was it a lot of in per, in person performing and people kind of building it on? I know you were signed by a record label, but you know, I think for for you kind of you know kind of playing that organic traditional route, what were some of the things that like what may I think maybe made you the strongest as an artist? The things that you kind of relied on um, during those you know first eight years prior to Web three. Yeah. So the first two years, like I said, I was signed to the major and I was only 18. And the reason why I signed is because I, I, I got to the third place at X Factor Italy. So it's one of those deals, they call it 360 deals, where they just take everything you have, uh, you know, without asking pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was signing. So I just signed, you know, major label deal, of course. Right. So I signed it. it turned out to be the worst decision I ever made. Uh, but I managed to get out of that deal and what I what I've been what I had been relying for all those years was just live performances. I used to play a lot of um, kind of like boutique festivals and like um, you know for for more of like an exclusive audience. You know, private events with like a literature festival, like poetry or embassies around the world and things like that. And then I would put on my own shows where people would come. So I was heavily relying on live shows and then promoting my stuff simply on Instagram and Facebook. And yes, word of mouth, really. I have some Spotify traction, but not like enough to like break me as an artist. Um, I also did, you know, I did some acting. So I tried to diversify a lot. So I, I did three movies over the past few years. One of them was on Net is a Netflix production. So that was cool. But I was just diversifying a lot, you know, and, and doing music for commercials and like writing songs for other artists, you know, just like trying to try to scrape by, but I was never able to just like promote my own music the way I wanted it without anybody telling me how to, how to do it. You know? Well, I think that's, I mean, and I think that's ultimately, you know, what many of us believe that this space um, can provide, but I also think there's a, often a disconnect between like, what does it take? Right. Like you said, your mom kind of clued you in a little bit on NFTs started doing a little research, you know, music NFTs, 
you know, it's like a niche within a niche in this space, right? Especially a year ago, right? I, I like to think we made some pretty uh, big strides on uh, music NFT. You still have a long way to go, especially one would argue we need a lot more musicians that are uh, are in this space more so than anything else. But I think from the outside in, there's kind of like a, there's two senses, right? Like one's like, oh, so you just took your album art, you put it out there, you put it for some sale on crypto and people bought it. And then other people are like, oh my goodness, you have, yeah, yeah, no kidding. You have to build, you know, you have to have a smart contract. You have to storytell, you have to build a community. And in many ways, it might feel like for some musicians, that's more work than even the Spotify kind of TikTok game of like kind of putting yourself out there. How did you first kind of like feel as far as like all of that additional effort? Because for those that don't know, you've not only built a very passionate community around your art, but there's a story to the art that you used with the music and then what music, what songs you released and then how you kind of brought those to life. But for those that are kind of like looking at it from the outside, how have you approached all of these other moving parts in this new Web3 musician world? Yeah, it's a great question, especially because I was completely ignorant on all things technology, all things crypto, all things NFTs. I'd never bought a piece of crypto in my life before. I had a MacBook Air from 2015, an iPhone 6 when I came into mm. the space. That's how old school I was. <laughs> and the moment I opened my laptop into Decentraland and I saw it hyperventilating, I was like, oh God. Okay, uh, I don't think I can do this. So I, you know, I, I had a little bit of saving that I, that I, you know, had from a voiceover job that I did and bought a new computer. So that was the first thing. But I understand what you're saying. A lot of musicians probably find it easier to do those TikTok videos and and find ways to crack the algorithm in a way. I find that harder, but that is me. You know, I am just I'm a very passionate person, and I really, really do it for the love of my music. I just like, I don't care about the fame. I don't care about the work that I have to put behind, but because I know that the music will get somewhere, I just need to build the tools and, uh, and also respect myself because I know that if I don't do something while loving it, it's not going to be great. It's not going to work out. And I'm also curious. So I was like, hey, this is giving, gives me an opportunity to learn about tech, learn about the advanced technology, uh, learn about general knowledge, finance and all that. Um, so I'll just go for it. You know, I, I don't think I can't do it. I mean, why not? You know, but it, I can see how it can be daunting for some people that never, you know, had to had to do that kind of thing. And it's just easier to have a phone and upload a video. For me, it's much harder to do that for some reason. And I just feel like it all flowed so naturally. Like the song that I put out that drove the whole collection is called Moonshot, which is like, it kind of became an anthem to, you know, the music NFT like movement. And like, we're here trying to look for the impossible. And it, it felt like it was all meant to be. So, yeah. I love that. And I, and I think it's such an important component. Um, and we're going to talk Moonshot. Uh, Moonshot happens to be in our Mint 365 collection. We we minted that as part of um, our collection. I know many of our listeners are holders as well. But, you know, one of the things I remember early on as I got to know you and hear you in, uh, in Twitter spaces and, and, you know, fall in love with the voice that you were putting out there and your, you know, talents was that I think I feel like what you, you and I'm not sure if this was calculated. I'm curious from a, you know, 
I think early on you were putting it out there and saying, Hey, this is who I am. I'm learning. I'm kind of figuring it out, but you were, you know, giving right in the, in the Gary V jab, 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 right hook. You were, you were giving. And I remember in many spaces, some of the early like bunny buddies and spaces that we had done together, people were like, I just want to buy your music. And you hadn't had like your NFT wasn't at that, that spot yet. And so I think for musicians, and I think it goes for just about anybody, you did an amazing job of like, Hey, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to build community. I'm also going to just show up, which, you know, crazy enough for, for most people, they don't realize like that's the, the, like the number one key. Talk to me about like that early, like January through springtime kind of pre-launch. Like how did you stay committed to like showing up and, and, and singing and putting all that time in Twitter spaces and, and really doing it without having a, like there wasn't like a sign up for my email newsletter or buy my NFT for so much of your time. How did you keep yourself motivated during those days? Well, I see the thing. I, I just saw the re- results every day. You know, even if it was people sending me a DM saying, hey, that song was amazing. Like I had been missing that for so long because I was crushed by Web2 music labels and managers and booking agents that literally would tell me your music is so outdated. My booking agent told me if you want to, you know, make some cash, go busk in the park. That's the last time I spoke to my booking agent. Right. And then I come to Twitter, like really disrespectful. You know, I've been, I started singing when I was three, like I built my whole life around this. And so coming to Twitter and people genuinely being surprised by a live song, And the song, like, speaking to them in the most genuine way possible, that, to me, was rewarding. That fed my artist uh, soul, you know. And so that already was a lot to me. And receiving that DM and getting that follow and getting that retweet and getting that question, where can I buy your music, building that demand. Like, I didn't think of it at the time as building the demand, but now I understand it. I was just giving, like you said, because for me, it was already a lot to be heard. It, it, it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, mean, I don't think it's sad at all. I think for so many of us, we can relate via the pandemic, right? And like for me, you know, as a full-time speaker, I didn't realize how much the road and travel and my live audience meant to me, right? And, and just getting that feedback, right? Like reminding you every day that people appreciate your talent, your craft, and that you're what you're doing. Um, it makes an impact, right? And I remember, you know, early on, I feel like your your reputation, I think, you know, from the jump was very much like, oh, if you haven't heard the Aletta yet, you're missing out. Like, wait till you hear her. And, and almost every time, someone was either tagging you on Twitter and you'd pop in and you'd sing a song and we'd start to get to know many of your songs, right? More than um, just one or two songs. Talk to us a little bit about how did that go to, okay, I'm going to put out a song. I'm going to even tie back, I believe, to your dad a little bit in the arts and the and the 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 kind of the story. Talk to me a little bit about like those decisions of your first piece because I know we have we we have the next one coming up, which I think people will, have, will get to hear a little bit more about. But I think there's so much um, there's so much to be said on like experimenting. You said you're curious, like you didn't have to have it all together, but you did have a very like I remember I loved what you were thinking about with the art and the story. And you also had the community, but you're pretty good at managing expectations as well. So talk to us a little bit about like that launch of Moonshot and how all that kind of came together. 
Yeah, I mean, I I was only two months into the space when I launched Moonshot, which sounds crazy when you think about it. Someone like who never heard of of NFTs until two months before launching twenty five hundred NFTs, like, you know, uh, it's like pretty crazy. And I only had a dev and no marketing team, nothing. It was just me with the hours on spaces, right? So now that I think about it, I'm like that was stupid, but it worked <laughs> out. Um, and you know, so I had no idea how to build an NFT collection. I had no idea about trades, none of that. You know, I did have someone helping me like a mentor. Um, and he was just kind of vague about it too. He was like, yeah, you just need like 50 layers, you know? And I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm like, okay, I need art. I don't really have time to find like artists and I've never collaborated with my dad. My dad's an artist. He knows exactly who I am as a person, as an artist he knows what I mean when I sing, if you know what I'm saying, like he oh, yeah. knows what I mean. And so I'm like, I'll just go with my dad. I'll ask him and I'll leave him full freedom, creative freedom on this. I just sent him the songs and the lyrics and I said, just draw something. You know, and he sent me a couple options for each song we chose together. We chose the style. I was like, I, I like this like Jetsons 1960s vibe. I think it fits right. well with the music and with me. Um, and then little by little, only in like a month, we built it. Um, and I, I made a point of building like a utility structure that was very intricate and very gamified, but I didn't even know the term gamification at the time. I was just like, what can I possibly offer that this is going to be, you know, impossible to turn down from pe for people? You know, I want to just give everything that I can right out that I can afford I want to give it all. I don't want to be greedy about what I can offer. I can be greedy later. Uh, now I want to be generous. And so I just offered and threw in everything I possibly could. Um, and yeah, I guess it went well. <laughs> so, well, so, you know, and around that, right. You, with the launch of Moonshot, you know, as a girl dad, the fact that you went to your dad was like, it hit me right in the, in the fields. Right. Cause I, I, I hope my daughters as they're, uh, my, one of them turns a teenager this month, uh, my oldest. Wow. And uh, so I'm like, I'm in that, you know, just the idea that, you know, you, you, it was your first time being able to collaborate with your dad and you're able to kind of bring those two worlds together. I thought was so beautiful, but you also at the same time kind of went all in on physical events and going to physical events. And that might sound natural for someone that's like, Oh, of course a musician's going to go sing, but that's out of pocket. And one thing I think we all have learned in this space is like, not a lot of events, not a lot of events put on by NFT projects are very well funded or have a lot of, have budget. So the, you know, the showing up on Twitter spaces for those that maybe aren't as huge in the Twitter spaces might seem a little bit like, Oh, well you were singing from your room and, but then you also doubled down and, you know, we got to meet in person. I got to see you uh, sing in person, uh, you know, a couple times. Uh, talk to me a little bit about like how much did that uh, impact you feel like that had on both the collection, but also your kind of commitment to this space, you know, as an artist, especially performing live. Yeah. I mean, I love the in real life events because they just, um, I don't, I don't know. They just confirm you know, everything that feels a little bit like, um, you know, when you're on Twitter, you're still in your house, you're still like on your couch and it's still you and like you're in your pajamas and everything. And, you know, it doesn't quite feel real, like it's happening and you're working for it, but it's not like real life, you know. And when you're in New York, in Vegas and whatever, in front of people, 
it's like, oh my God, like now I have to like be my full in my full self, you know, I have to like properly perform even when you're speaking to people, entertaining your community. I love doing that. I love meeting people. I genuinely love my holders. Like genuinely, I think they're amazing people. So I love to just hang out with them. Um, and yeah, it taught me a lot. When I went to New York, when we met actually the first time, that trip kind of shook me because it was massive, you know, and, and I've noticed like people talking to me, Oh, Violetta, like, you know, that was, you know, they knew about me and I was like, what? Like I'd just come out of six months, not leaving my couch, you know? Uh, so it was weird. Uh, and that definitely triggered a lot of like a bit of confusion in my head, but positive. And I saw that the more events I was doing, the more my community also was getting excited because they were seeing people were inviting me to perform more and more people like people would buy my NFTs live because they see me perform. I was doing a presentation in the Canary Islands just a couple months ago. And by the end of the hour that I had to do my keynote, I just had 30 sales just like and there were like wow. 70 people in the room, you know, so those things are amazing. That's when you really, really communicate who you are and what your goal is. And so I'm going to do a lot of them this year for sure. I love that. And I, you know, I think it is important too, for us to, you know, like you mentioned, like some creators are great at like the TikTok video side. Some are great marketers. Some are are great at, you know, being the, you know, shilling of whatever they need to do. But I think finding your own lane, right. And I think you've done that extremely well on like what you're comfortable with and, and how you can. And I think part of that is like evolving, right. Figuring it out. Um, as we continue to go, I'm curious, you know, as you know, like you launched the first collection, uh, I loved, you know, the hustle and, and, and getting it in more people's hands. You had a lot of collectors that would, would buy one, then five, then 10. And you, you, you really had um, some massive supporters, but you also did, you also approached, you know, collaboration. You were uh, collaborating with other musicians in many places, collaborating across um, Twitter spaces. How has it been for you as a musician with other musicians. I know the musician space can be <clears throat> kind of like a dog eat dog world in some cases where, you know, depending on your label, you know, depends on how much people respect you. And how has that been for you as like a web three musician working with other musicians and even just kind of like bringing that creativity to life? How have you kind of received all of that? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the kind of uh, collaborations that, are born in web three are unheard of in web two. So I, I realized this now after so many months, um, because I see new people, new musicians coming into the space and being mind blown. They're like, none of my friends are so supportive of each other in web two. Like they're all there, you know, trying to like copy each other or like they're competitive. They don't like give each other space you know, to shine. And that's something I've wanted to do from the start. So I've been hosting my spaces since January last year, every day uh, at the same time where I just try to showcase other artists as much as possible, because I know that if, you know, they deserve it. So if I can create a little bit of a platform, they're going to benefit. And I know that they're going to help me as well. You know, when I need, like, we have to like stick together, right? A community, we're a team. So I know that if one of us wins, the others are more likely to win. And I know for a fact that, you know, a lot of my holders are first time music NFT holders, and now they're aware of music NFTs and they're buying some other music NFTs too. 
And so they're more acquainted. It's just like the work you've got to put in. And, um, you know, I, I think this year was crucial for that, for music NFTs, even though it was still small scale, there's only maybe like 10 or 20 of us that really go hard, but it was really important. Like, I feel like the knowledge on music NFTs has increased a lot in the last year since I joined the space, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think right when you joined, there wasn't even a category on like OpenSea or organized in a way, right? It's a lot of, a lot has changed. I think we we sometimes get lost in the negative I mean, of things. Now I was just reading an article, uh, Billboard is writing uh, every single month they have a chart. Uh, so Billboard.com puts out a blog and there's like wow. best-selling music NFTs in December. I was at fourth, I've been in the chart for the last seven months and I'm like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Like that wasn't there before when I first joined, you know, billboard is like huge, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also fun too, for our listeners, right? We had uh, Sammy Ariega on the podcast, our first musician that we brought in who I became really close friends with. And then about six months later uh, we had spotty Wi-Fi came on and kind of shared his journey. And now you're on. And I think even like the space, right. From my first interview with Sammy to, you know, talking to spotty and, and then being able to bring you on now, there is something beautiful about kind of like the momentum and, and, and things that are emerging before we talk like your new collection, things you have working on, you mentioned utility, right? And I, I think actually it might've been on a space uh, that we were all on together. We were all kind of talking about, you know, artists and not like not putting too much out there, right? Not saying I'm going to do all these things. Like everybody's going to get a, uh, you know, a personal uh, Violetta concert in their hometown if they hold, you know, a certain amount of NFTs, but there's kind of like a, um, Sometimes there's like a drawing where people are like, well, I'm such a big fan of yours. Now I own 20 of them. What are you doing for me now? And there's a lot of like demand that gets put on an artist. And I know you've kind of, you've faced a lot of that and you've been very good at evolving, but you've also been very good at kind of like, um, kind of like understanding, Hey, there's only certain things I can do. I want to do that. I'm comfortable doing. Talk to me a little bit about like, what have you learned since dropping that first collection around like utility and like what you can you know, either do most for your holders or what, like kind of like, how does that connection work best for you moving forward? Yeah, I think utility is like one of the most important things for NFTs in general, as they will evolve, I think in the future and music NFTs are lucky because they, they have instant utility. When you think about it, the music is utility. It costs me nothing to do a zoom concert every week for my holders and I, you buy one of my NFTs, in three days you can sit on a Zoom with me and I'll just take all your requests and play all the songs you want. You know, so like that I think is cool that musicians can offer that and a lot of other projects can't. And so musicians should 100% take advantage of that. And especially at the start when they're trying to establish themselves, be generous, like offer as much as you possibly can. And then if you see that, you can't handle it because you get busier and busier. And I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm like pretty slammed. And so I'm struggling sometimes, uh, you know, to get everything together. Uh, I just tell them, you know, because we get to a point where we have this trustful relationship that I can just tell them, I said, guys, like, I don't have enough hours in the day, you know? And, and they're like, that's okay. We understand. We see you work hard and you've delivered all the utility when you did have time and now you have a little bit less, but we know you're working a lot for the future. So it just happened very naturally. You know, I, I just, I'm very transparent with them all the time. It's not like I'm always, you know, I'm always happy and positive, but at the same time, I'm not like, this is going to go to $2 million. Like we're going to be the biggest. No, I'm like, 
I'm having a little bit of, you know, I'm having a bit of a struggle right now. So bear with me. And they're fine. You know, like you're an artist, you're not a robot, you know? So, so, you know, with that in mind, you know, as a musician and having NFTs as like kind of a, you know, with Moonshot being the song with that, with the first one, has it had you like uh, look at how you put out music differently? Have you approached even like writing some of your songs differently with, you know, I feel like part of the the narrative of like the old school way of like album and you pick your single and like, there's like, there's almost like this like structured based on like, how do you get on the radio and how do you, well, in this world, like you're, you're, what you're measured against is differently, but also like kind of like what people want is a little bit different, right? Like the fact they get access to you on zoom is amazing for us as listeners, but even a musician, you know what your audience wants, right? Because they're, they're constantly engaging with you. How have you, how, how has it impacted you as like a song singer songwriter in like your creation and like how you're putting out music moving forward? I love this question because this is like the biggest utility for me, for me as an artist to have, to have the opportunity to really um, exchange thoughts and feedback with the people that consume my music directly is the best. Like it's, it's everything I ever needed. Um, and so you're absolutely right. And I can give you this example, the moonshot record, the songs, as much as I absolutely love them, um, they were produced and, and we tried to cater to those web two things, the radio, right. you know, the intro can't be too long. The chorus needs to come in at that time. Like the BPM has to be that. And, you know, we got to tune some notes and whatever, right? Super polished because I had no idea where the songs were going to end up. And then mm -hmm. I started playing those songs live on spaces and people got used to hearing me sing them live. When they heard the recordings, they were like, we want to hear your voice more. Mm. And I'm like, of course you do. Like I've been telling all the people from the labels for the past 10 years, but they wouldn't listen to me. And now I have the confirmation. Right. But of course, you know, I'm happy how the songs turned out and whatever. But now that I have the new collection coming, first of all, it absolutely affected my songwriting because I was like, OK, now I'm going hard. Like Musha was like, can I try to be that like genre, but also still like, you know, cater to pop a little bit. And then people were like, no, like, do you? And I'm like, okay, I'm going hard the way I want. Not only that, but I'm going to be recording these songs analog on tape. So there's one take live with musicians in the room. We use tape machines from 1958 over in wow. Berlin. So it's like tape to blockchain, which is something that I want to keep alive. You know, something so crafty and handmade and bring it to the most advanced technology we have for it to live forever on it. Because I'm not releasing them on Spotify either. I want to keep it. 100% Web3. And so tape recordings will be leave, living on Ethereum, you know, forever. I think that's really cool. Um, and I just wanted to capture what people hear on spaces that they love, the natural, you know, um, delivery of the songs and the live aspect. I wanted that to be on record. And so, yeah, what I ended up making is not a pop record at all. It's like pretty bold, uh, you know, but it's some it's web three. I mean, you have to do what 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 you want, you know, because that's the only way you're gonna make it if it's authentic, in my opinion. And that's I mean, I think that is and I love like tape to blockchain, right? And um, you know, I think for our listeners too, like this is a perfect example of like new next technology not having to replace the old, right? It's giving a new vehicle. I talk about that with AI, uh, you know, as far as artificial intelligence comes in. And like just because we're outputting it on the blockchain doesn't mean we can't create it, record it, design it, 
traditionally um, like with, with what you've been doing there. I'm curious, you know, that you, you mentioned not putting out on Spotify, right? And this is one of those, you know, it's a weird decision for a lot of us in the space of we want to get more exposure. We want to provide exclusivity to our holders. We also understand that the, the times kind of will always change. So how did you approach kind of the decisions to be like, hey, my NFT owners are going to get this. I'm going to maybe grow the collection a little bit as far as size. What were some of those like deciding factors for you uh, moving into this new album? Because I think there's a lot of people, even if you're not a musician, that have to factor in like going big and, hey, I want to have a radio hit versus, hey, I want to reward those that are you know, funding. How, how did you approach kind of your decisions kind of moving forward with this new with this new release? Yeah, it took me a long time to get to that conclusion. But, you know, I think, first of all, I am very much uh, against the way Spotify treats artists and songwriters, and I'm sure even their employees, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me. The only people that make money from Spotify is really big record labels. And so I'm like, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to associate myself with that. That is wrong. And it's brutal. It kills um, musicians and music lovers around the world because it filters out the music that you guys could be listening to, you know, and you'll mm -hmm. never know because of them. So I think that's a, pr a principle that's wrong. And I don't want to be associated with that, even if it might be sacrificing a little bit of passive exposure. But let me tell you, I have over 10 million streams on Spotify did that change my life? Absolutely not. And it's 10 million streams. And it still takes time, you know, to develop those 10 million streams that I could be putting in Web3 to actually provide value and build a name for myself and be ahead of the game for when 100% in 10 years, music will be fully on chain. I believe in that. You know, I'm a Web3 maxi. And so mm -hmm. I want to start now. People have to start now if they want to get to that place in 10 years, right? And I want to be part of it. So I spoke about it with my community and they were like, we actually wouldn't really like or care if you put it out on in Web2 because we're here for your music, but we're also here for the journey. And this is for the long term, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, I, I will say, you know, for me, um, as someone that's not a musician, uh, and I've traveled with, you know, my, my favorite band being Dave Matthews Band, and I've seen them over 70 times live, and I wow. became a warehouse member. Yeah, where, I became a warehouse member in 2001 of their fan club, right? And I traveled everywhere in the United States uh, to see them, you know, at one point, like 12 or 14 times uh, a year. And for me, like, those early days and even some of the early back, you know, we have CDs that were made from some of those, uh, those live shows, you know, it's really unfortunate that it wasn't on the blockchain, right? There was no verification of attendance of events or even that I was supporting before anyone really knew who Dave Matthews band was uh, in, in many cases. And it also exposed me to, you know, one another band that I'm a big fan of and OAR and got to travel and see them. And so I actually had brought it up to uh, OAR a year ago on, like, hey, I would love for you guys to think NFTs. And of course, you know, in the music space, there's a lot of binding contracts, existing relationships, a lot of the things. So I do think there is something beautiful about where you were, where you were at in that, uh, in your journey and giving you a lot of that freedom that you kind of capitalized and you had already worked so hard for that. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the utility for the new piece. Give us a little bit about the new album. Uh, and I know we're going to release that, this episode a little bit before uh, the new ones there, but OpenSea has 
moonshot up there if you want to uh, buy one of the uh, of the moonshots. I know I'm a holder of a couple. We have one in our collection. But talk to us about the the new album and what's in store for those that, that end up jumping into that. Yeah, absolutely. So the new album is called Gypsy Heart, and it's five brand new songs that I recorded, like I said, on tape. So they're live. They're not perfect, but that's the great thing about it, I think, because you can re really hear that they're live. Um, yep. And so no artifacts like that's me. Right. Uh, the good and the bad. Um, and it's 5000 PFPs hand drawn. My dad is not the artist anymore this time around, sadly. Uh, when I told him I need 400 traits, he was like, I don't have time for that. Uh, so <laughs> see, now that I'm like learning how it works, I'm like, uh, yeah, my dad probably doesn't want to do that. But he recommended another incredible Disney artist. Her name is Ariana. She works for Disney, Marvel and DC. So she's like super talented, hand drawn, all 400 traits and the wow. one of one and everything. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really putting a lot of effort into the real artistic value behind it, because again, I believe in the long term. And I know that in 10 or 20 years, you know, you better be putting some effort into the art because that's, what's going to stay. That's, what's going to be sustainable yep. for the decades. You know, at one point that will become the only utility, the music and the art. So it has to be great. So that's the first, first thing. But of course, you know, there's ways to get free tickets for a lifetime to my concerts, like forever. Vinyl records, um, private shows that you can book me for. If you combine some of the rarest NFTs from both collections, you can actually book me to play for free wherever you want, which, you know, private nice. shows are the ones that I would charge the most for. Uh, but for holders, it would be free. Zoom private concerts, like um, custom Twitter spaces that I do like to highlight you. Um, all kinds of, you know, custom performances and merch discounts and mostly like access to the experience, you know, and the IRL. That's something I'm going to focus on a lot this year. Uh, and so there'll be like smaller VIP events for bigger holders and bigger, you know, everyone get in events for any kind of holders. So, yeah. And of course, music is always there, which is like the biggest utility that other projects pay a lot of money for and they don't have. So. That's true. And, and, I, and I do love the ability to not only play the songs that we that we own, but also be able to incorporate them, you know, from an IP perspective and, and integrate them in, in the things that, you know, we're creating. I actually the first music NFT I ever bought was the Ape Shit one for um, through Timberland, uh, who mm. did it with the with the Board Apes. And I actually I graduated high school with Timberland's brother and I have a connection to that world. And, and so that was like a fun piece. And I played the song. Um, on the podcast, right. As, as part of, you know, within uh, the rights that I had as a, as an NFT owner. And I also you feel like that. You know, yeah. Which is, which is yeah. beautiful. Right. And, and maybe we'll do that at the end of this episode for those that are, are sticking around to the end, I'll play moonshot here. Uh, you know, we'll play the one that you know, we purchased uh, for our, our collection. You know, I, I love what you're kind of building within that. You're also combining kind of the first holders, right. You said if you, you own a combination and there's like a, a kind of a building of that, I'm curious if you've looked at it like from a, like, you, you know, you're being a web three maxi and being kind of all in on the space with your music. You know, if you looked five years or 10 years out and you had to look back at your catalog um, as a musician, how are you looking at kind of like some of the stuff that you're like putting out now and even the, those relationships that you're building? Because I, I'm one that likes to think like, you know, five years from now, people are going to be blown away that all it took was to own a couple of NFTs to get Violetta at a private 
uh, you know, uh, event. And I think that's a pretty magical thing. How are you looking at it? Like, let's say five years out and, and kind of how this whole journey that you're building kind of your own web three catalog of music. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're in the discovery phase right now. And I think we're setting down, you know, the foundations of what one day will become, you know, this level of intimacy that I have with my community, hopefully is not going to be sustainable when, when we expand, you know, when more and more people come into the space, you know, and if that happens, if I can't respond to every single DM, that's a good thing. You know, it means like there's more people in my community. Um, And what I expect is that not everyone will be able to necessarily afford to buy these NFTs for like the price of the rat, you know, like 0.1, 0.2 is like, not affordable for everybody, but music should still be accessible to people, right? So I have some ideas, you know, I'm not going to spill all the alpha, (laughs) but I I have some ideas on how we could, you know, um, allow people into the ecosystem, just like in the fan club, right? But they don't get certain privileges, you know, that big holders or original holders would get. Um, And, you know, they can still enjoy the music, the experience, the, the closeness to the artist, um, and also even benefit the holders, the original holders more, you know, there's ways, you know, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, what do we do with music NFTs? Well, there are ways that you can add even more utility. And I guess when I look back, you know, if I will look back in five or 10 years, I will just think this is incredible. Like I, I talk to my holders every day, every Sunday, I have a meeting with with the biggest ones to strategize on the project. Like, do I even need a manager anymore? No, <laughs> I have that, you know, and I, they will always be with me that I know that, like, I know that even when we grow, if there's 50,000 people in the community, instead of 1100, those 1100, they will be there forever. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and congrats, you know, on, you know, the success on, um, you know, I love the billboard for seven months. I love that you're kind of expanding, um, you know, the collection as well, which is exciting. Also, just another layer of scary and being curious, right? Because you're 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 pushing yourself there uh, as well. What are, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's what we kind of get used to a little bit here, right? We get used to being uh, a little bit curious and scared combined. Uh, is there any details on like the the dates? Do you have the dates uh, finalized and things that for those that are interested in, in getting in on the new one? So, yeah, I have um, I have the dates, uh, of course. It will be early February. That's when okay. the public mint will be. Um, the people that hold my original collection, just like yourself, you guys will get free airdrops of the new collection. So you don't have to do anything. Just wait, and you will find some Gypsy Heart NFTs in your wallet. So you guys are covered. Uh, and everybody else, you know, the mint will be point uh, one, and it's going to be uh, early February, and I think people are gonna are gonna love it. And you know, it's a it's a tough market, but I'm I'm scared, but I'm not because I know that the real fun starts after, and I have to get there. You know, I have to get to New York and and see you in April and be like, we did it. You know? <laughs> yep, yep. I, which I'm excited about for sure. I, I love that. Um, I don't know if put you on the spot, but do you want to give us a taste of maybe one of the, the new songs or one of the ones that are coming out? Could you give us a little taste of that if you don't mind? And uh, and then we will uh, we'll close out this episode. Of course. Yeah, let's do it. Um, should I sing like a, a verse and a chorus of one of the songs or? Let's do it. Yep, that's, yep, that sounds great. Okay. All right, then I'll sing the title track, Gypsy Heart. 
All right. Baby took the long road, showed up at 3 a.m. Didn't bother knocking. Baby walked right in. She was feeling right at home until she fell into the hole of her gypsy Baby getting older She wants to see the world Mama wants to hold her She's still her little girl She'll be gone before tomorrow Cause baby's gotta follow Her gypsy She counts upon the stars at night to guide her on her way. She don't know where she's going, but she wasn't going to stay. She'll let you in just for a while, but beware from the start. She may not have much room left inside her gypsy heart. Loved it. Thank you for that. I mean, right there alone. I, I, you know, I, I love that, you know, rewarding existing holders. So those that are listening to this, you know, pre-launch, go get yourself a moonshot, uh, you know, join that amazing community. Violetta, I love what you're putting out to the world. I mean, you are, are a talent, but you're also doing it to lift up other artists in the space. You're also doing, you know, for me, you're putting in the work. You're the example of, you know, hard work before the launch, hard work after the launch, hard work to continue to evolve, to innovate, to, you know, stay curious. And uh, I think you're an inspiration and you're an inspiration. I know uh, to so many that will continue to be uh, inspired to get in this space as we continue to open these doors. So any last words from you as we, uh, we kind of wrap here for this episode? I mean, the feeling is absolutely mutual. You know, the work you're doing to uplift other artists, the fact that, you know, you're collecting NFTs every day and supporting people and doing this is exactly what everyone should be doing because this is the future. We're building it right now. And so I agree with you. We are putting in the work and it's going to pay off, not just for us, but for for much bigger, you know, group of people, I think. so. Well said, well said. And I, you know, and for those that are listening too, I think, one of the beautiful things about, you know, music NFTs for me is that idea that like I get to be part of the journey and the, and the success of, of musicians. Right. And this idea that, you know, we, we talk about it here in the podcast, the mantra is we are greater than me. And that's hard when it's uh, the music musician uh, listener relationship pre web three that didn't exist nearly like it does now. And I like to think, where we've removed that giant barrier, which might be a giant radio or a boombox or a CD Walkman or whatever it may be. But for anyone that's like out there that's listening and you believe in this space and you believe in supporting artists and you believe in in making this you know Web three you know for what it is, go go get yourself a, a moonshot. Go get yourself a music NFT and start thinking about these ideas of like you know five years, ten years from now that you can sit back and say I was here when. Because I think there's just something really beautiful in being able to allow the world to you know, be impacted from you know, amazing, beautiful talents like Violetta and so many other uh, amazing music uh, NFT musicians that are out there. So as always, everybody, you know, do your own damn research. 
But uh, I mean, listening to a couple, just a little bit of, of her amazing talent, I know uh, you, like me, are excited for all to come, Violetta, in the future here in this space. So everyone, until, uh, until next time, uh, make it a great day, everybody. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always...